going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I am your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin, and I got my guy with me, Cameron Fields. What's going on, Cam? Hey, what's up, Kai? How you doing, man? Cam, we're about to enter week. We're actually, we're not about to enter. We're out entering week four of quarantine, dude. How you feeling? Uh, it's, there's good and there's bad days, man. I mean, honestly, like, it's just a lot of Call of Duty, a lot of writing. <laughs> I wrote about, I wrote about Joe Johnson today. You know, those snapshot articles that I do? Oh. Yeah, I wrote about ISO Joe today. So that should be going, going live pretty soon. So we're talking about Joe Jesus right now. I saw Joe, one of the best scores ever, man. Oh, man. Joe, Joe Johnson broke my heart a couple of times. Now, but before we introduce our guest today, I have to give, you know, my video game update. I have to give my video game update. Oh, no. So I moved on to NBA 2K14, Cam. I, I texted you about this the other day. Yep. And um, I was the, the bench. I was. I was riding the bench. I, I kind of loaded it up, and I'm like, I'm 68 games into my rookie year with the Miami Heat, and I'm I'm riding the bench. I'm back at Mario Chalmers. And this is something I can't have, Cam. So um, basically, I, uh, I, every time I come off the bench, I just shot and, and kept scoring 15, 20 points off the bench. And now I'm starting. <laughs> hey, I respect it. Mario Chalmers, has been Mario Chalmers has been pushed to the bench, bro, because this game is all about buckets. All right. So, and now to introduce our guest today, he's my best friend in the entire world. I love this dude like a brother. He was my radio show host together when we were in college. Uh, we had a radio show together called Getting Buckets because, as, as I said, the game is all about buckets. Sharif Phillips Keaton joining us from, Bron from the Bronx, New York. What's going on, Reef? Yo, what's up, Kai? What's up, Cam? It's good to be here. All right. So, we're just going to kind of dive right into a couple of different things today. So, um, a tweet was sent out by Bleacher Report the other night, citing a report from ESPN's Brian Windhorst that the NBA is angling to cancel the 2019-20 NBA season, which at this point, it's definitely a real possibility considering that we really haven't flattened the curve yet in terms of this coronavirus thing. So we're probably heading towards a doomsday in the NBA with hopes of like, hopefully we can at least have football. So um, Cam, I'm going to start with you first. I mean, yeah. What do you think? This, what do you think this would do? Not only like for the NBA as the game, but I mean financially, the NBA is a business. How do you, how do you think this is really going to affect it? Well, I mean, you know, I know that they were supposed to have that call today about pay. Um, it got postponed. So, I, honestly, you know, if they don't have the playoffs, that's a lot of financial loss because the NBA playoffs, uh, particularly the NBA finals, is always you know a very profitable um, endeavor. You know, I think probably other than the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Super Bowl is very, very, very profitable. But the NBA Finals is, I feel like, one of the best, you know, championships in all sports because you get a lot of eyes on it, especially if it's a big rivalry or you get the right, you know, storyline, you know. If Cavs, Warriors, well, now what's going on, I mean, just it really helped the ratings. So I think that if the NBA – cannot have the season and that's going to be terrible not only financially but also just from a mental health perspective because people love the NBA I mean we all love the NBA we talk about it we write about it and we watch it and uh, some of us you know even like to play basketball you know it's just in our blood so for fans and then for media it would be you know very kind of 
it would be very sad to see if the NBA season didn't continue, but also um, if it didn't continue, then, you know, that's, that's the thing to do because got to help flatten the curve. I mean, that, that, I'm sure if I think, I think that'd be something you really hate to see when you say it, that'd be, that'd be something you, you just hate to see it. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> <laughs> so Sharif, you're, you're up in New York, man. Um, I know New York's kind of the epicenter of the coronavirus. You got two big New York teams up there. You got one dumpster fire in the New York Knicks, and then you have a, a functioning organization over there in Brooklyn. And, you know, they just get, kept getting hit by all the injuries. At least you're not a dumpster fire like the Knicks are. So, um, well, what's happening? I mean, are they, are they not, though? I don't think the Nets are a dumpster fire, at least not yet. At least not yet. I mean, KD, KD hasn't stepped on the floor yet, so we, we don't know what he's doing behind the scenes, and Kyrie, right. too. But, right. like, I'm not ready to call the Nets a dumpster fire just yet, Cam. Um, but, but Sharif, you being up in New York, I wanted to get, I want to get like, a New York, like, somebody, um, perspective of somebody who's up there right now. Like, what's kind of been the vibe like in terms of just, like, um, flattening the curve and... I mean, I know nobody's really talking basketball right now, but I mean, do, do people like Brooklyn or, or is it more Nets or Knicks up there? Um, well, the vibe that I get is that uh, New York City is still pro Knicks as opposed to the Nets. You know, That's terrible. I hate that. I, I mean, I, it's a I, cultural thing, bro. Oh, I gotta be honest. I feel sorry for them. That's I, what I'm I saying. Really do. It's the Knicks haven't like I. The Knicks are the flashier franchise, and I know the Nets. When did the Nets come to Brooklyn? Like 2000, like mid 2012, I think. 2012, I believe. It was 2012. So the Nets haven't even really been around in New York City for that long. So it makes sense from a timeline standpoint. But I mean, at this point, I'd rather be a Nets fan than a Knicks fan. I just think the Nets are giving the fans what they want, which is a winning product. That's all I'm saying. Um, oh, also, another thing we really haven't gotten into yet, Cam, uh, before we move on to the back to the coronavirus thing I was trying to talk about in New York, but the Knicks want Elton Brand. And, you know, the, like that report came out, I think, last week or like five days ago or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why the Knicks have their eyes set on Elton Brand, considering the fact that A, he's under contract with Philadelphia uh, for next year. B, I can tell you that. Everybody I've talked to, Elton Brand is in very, very good standing with the Sixers organization. They're not just going to fire him. And I will give Elton credit for helping the Sixers and, and everything like that. But he also right, gave right. Tobias Harris $180 million and he gave Al Horford $109 million. Yeah. So, gave I mean. A bunch of money. So, I mean, if you sent him to New York with all the power forwards they got, damn, they might just add three or four more. <laughs> yeah, I saw this uh, one funny tweet, and it was about um, Elden Brand potentially going with the Knicks, and it was like, oh, another power forward. Yeah, another power forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, the, the Knicks, I mean, going back to what Reef was talking about, the Knicks are, like, very much a cultural thing in New York. I mean, you got Spike Lee being the number one super fan. You got – the world's most famous arena in the garden. I hate I it. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> I, I, it's going to be hard. It's going to take a few generations for it to really shake the Brooklyn, Brooklyn's way because it's like the, the Knicks are almost synonymous with New York. But what but, bothers but, me, what bothers me is like the Nets could win a title next year with Durant yeah. and Kyrie. And it's all going to be like, Knicks, go Knicks. And it's just like, yeah. 
Because it's, it's like, I, it's I like that's your grandfather's it. team. That's, I can't do it. You know, I mean, but going back to Eldon Brand, uh, the Knicks, you know, they need, they need that good front office. I mean, you look at all the NBA teams, and they have a very stable, very productive, all the good NBA teams are a very stable, very productive front office. So, well, could, well, I mean, could the Sixers really be considered a stable front office right now? They're not unstable, I would say. I mean, they're not. They're not. not, they're, I mean, not. they're not. But and this is gonna be up on. But Sixers they're not. Wire. They're not a good here. team, though. Like this is gonna be up on SixersWire.com in a, in, a, in a couple of hours. But ESPN did rank the, like the, like the Sixers front office in the bottom five in the league. And so that so that uh, so, I feel so like that's, that's a little we, unfair. I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and I know, and, and Sharif has always been like a really, Sharif and I have had these conversations back and forth about this team, but when you look at the construction of the roster, you look at the construction of the roster and you look at um, the, their, their struggles and then you kind of turn to Elton Brand and you're like, you really thought Al Horford and Joel Embiid would work together? You really thought? Right, to, now that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Or, no, but. And, and you really thought Tobias Harris was worth $180 million? Or you you really went out and thought that you know you could just trade Mark Foles for Jonathan Simmons? I mean, so it's like it's like Mark Markel Foles was kind of a lost lost situation, but if, I feel like you could have got a little bit more than what they got for him. So you kind of I, I can understand why the front office was ranked as low as they were. It just it's clear as day. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Philly, like I said, not unstable, in my opinion, but I mean, not the best front office either. And you look at um, the thing, the uh, article that you did today, uh, the top five worst draft picks. Um, Fultz is an interesting case, in my opinion, because that, that I mean, you didn't know that was going to happen. I mean, you know what I mean? All that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, you were picking him because he was one of the top, I mean, he was on everyone's, you know, high draft forwards. He was, you know, a top five talent. And now if you had to redraft that, I mean, obviously, you know, you probably picked Tatum number one, you know, clearly. But, you know, he was a very coveted player. And I think he still has a lot of potential. Like if you're Philly, I don't, I don't think you can have too much blame if you're Philly. Because what potential? He's averaging like eleven and five, and we're I all think, calling this a great season. Because this was really his first actual season, like his first real healthy season, and now healthy. I mean, yeah, I mean, in a sense, it was his like first real season where he got some actual extended play. But I don't think you can really put a whole lot of blame on Philly because it's like, okay, we didn't know this was going to happen. No, I, I blame. All the blame goes on Fultz. I mean, for, for, for what happened in Philadelphia. Sharif and I have had – this is another thing that him and I have just kind of gone back and forth on. But they drafted Fultz, right? And then he – his camp came out with all these issues that we talked about with, with on our on our podcast episode with Jaron Weitzman where he de- detailed everything in the book. And then we um, kind of kept diving into that book. And it's clear as day to me that this was really Markel's fault. And, and, and I can tell you from 
personal experience yeah. with the kid, from personal experience with the kid, and then also people I've talked to, like the, Markel's camp is an, is an issue. Like Markel's camp really caused a lot of issues. It, the Sixers then, I got to get Brett Brown credit. He gave he threw Markel Fultz into the starting lineup in his second year to give him a chance. He took out J.J. Redick and threw Markel Fultz in there and gave the kid a real chance, and it was just – you couldn't do it. But was he – like, okay, but he also wasn't healthy. He was never it's, healthy there. Going into his second year, he was. Going into his second year, he was. His I mean, year, going in – like – Like, his rookie year, sure, okay. But, like, his second year in the league, absolutely. Before, like – yeah. like, thoracic outlet syndrome all randomly popped up i I think there was something there was something going on with his shoulder man because he wasn't shoot like the way he shot this season is nowhere close to the way he was shooting yeah his second season it still looks weird i mean like if we're going to be completely honest his jump shot still looks extremely weird like it's it's like a line drive type of shot it's not like he's like rising up or anything yeah, I mean, all you know, people have different jump shots, different forms, and all that. But I think, like, I think I still think he has potential. I think he, I mean, not I'm not gonna say all star potential. I think that's a little kind of far fetched right now. But I think he can be a solid starter. But like, we're talking you know? about the number one overall pick, and he's averaging twelve and five in Orlando and shooting twenty five percent from deep. You know what it I'm saying? Be, like, I mean, it could be a lot worse. Like, it could be could, a lot worse. I mean, I totally agree with you, but like the like the fact that like but, people are sitting here like praising Markel Fultz for having a breakout season, it's like it's like cool, you're having a good year, happy for you. But twelve and five, like is that all we're expecting from a number one overall pick? Is that all we're expecting? I don't I mean, I don't think like he's gonna I don't think that's what he's gonna top out at. You know? I think he could potentially top out in the right situation as maybe a a sixteen and six kind of guy. Mm. And and considering the way he started his career, if he like tops out that, then that I mean that that's good. Like that's, I mean yeah. You you look at all the number one picks in history. There aren't a whole lot of gems in number one. There's not a whole lot. Like there there's times when people. Have what you mean, man? Out. Anthony. What you mean, man? I thought Anthony Bennett was great. There are a lot of flops at that number one pick just because people like there are a multitude of things, overthinking, um, health, whatever. You know, there's 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 a lot of flops at that number one pick. Reef, what do you think, man? Well, I'm more, I side more with Cam and I think well, Kyle, you already know what I think uh, based on our uh, text conversation, but I think it's a 50-50 proposition because yes I'm sure Markel Fultz's camp had some influence on how his uh, tenure with the team went but I also think Philly was very impatient with him at times and should could that have been reaction to how his camp was portraying what was going on sure but at the end of the day the guy had one of the most rare injuries to an athlete like, I think the only test cases they had was, like, a dude in baseball or something like that. And it's just – it was like they pretended it was just something regular. Like, oh, no, it's just a shoulder injury. You'll be fine in, like, two weeks. And it's just like, no, it's it's something that 
doctors had to talk to other medical professionals just to figure out how he should re rehabilitate. And then you just want him to go in and be a 20 and 10 guy. And it's like, that's, that's not how that works. And I just think the Sixers had a hand in killing his confidence. And then I think him going to Orlando was the best thing for his career. I don't think it was necessarily the organization though. I thought it was, and and the thing is, though, like every everybody in the city of Philadelphia rooted for this kid. I mean, the fans rooted his misses. I've never seen Philadelphia fans cheer misses. Like they they wanted to put everything in their heart and soul to make sure Markel Fultz succeeded here in Philadelphia. The thing is, he just never could. Brett Brown threw him in the starting lineup first fifteen games of the year. Probably not the best. I guess idea just because Fultz and Ben Simmons is really would not fit together. And that's why you had to throw JJ Redick back out there to, to really, you know, space the floor. But at the same time, Brett Brown gave him like a real chance. It was like, okay, kid, um, you, now you're healthy. We, at least we think you are. This is what you tell us. We're going to throw you in the starting lineup and you're going to go out there and you're going to start. And there were so many times where just, it couldn't work where in, to start the second half, he wouldn't go back to Markel. He had to start the second half with JJ or he had to like mix a lot of different things up. And then when his camp came out and was like, yo, we're sending Markel to New York to go see a shoulder specialist. It's okay. And they didn't even consult Elton Brand about it. They didn't consult Brett about it. They didn't go to Josh Harris or anybody else. They were like, you know what? We're going to send Markel to New York. Like you can't do that. Like, <laughs> like what are you doing? And as, as I said, with your own, when we had that day, I went to practice that day, and when Elton came out to speak, the look on his face said, yeah, I'm done with this kid. I'm done. I'm, I'm absolutely done with him. Right. So just every, ev everything, I like if I had to put a percentage on it, if we're going to put a percentage on it, I'm, I'm putting 75% of the blame on Fultz and then 25% of the organization. Like, like for, if we're going to play it out that way. I mean, I, I could see it. I, I'm just saying, like, like I said, the number one pick is has been almost, in a sense, a crapshoot because it's like, okay, you either have a draft, so you can go like maybe like one of three ways. You have a guy that's like, okay, this is a clear potential superstar, a.k.a. LeBron James, um, a.k.a. Anthony Davis, that kind of number one pick. Then you have number one picks like, you know, Michael Oluwa Candy. Yeah. Kwame Brown. Uh, Kwame Brown, he had a couple of good, couple of good years. Uh, he had a couple well, solid years. But like, again, but, though, like in Kwame's case, you said he had a couple of good years and I completely agree. But like Kwame Brown would have been a good pick. The good would have had a good career if he was picked like eighth or ninth. Like Mar but, Markel, Markel Fultz putting up numbers would be good if he was picked like eighth or ninth. Like number one pick is supposed to be a superstar. Like LeBron, Anthony Davis. But it historically like has not always put out superstars like it's it's like the because if you don't have that consensus superstar especially like in this draft you could end up having like an average player say like say okay so there's not a consensus number one player right in this draft right say like anthony edwards goes number one he probably and will he probably will and then so you know, he might end up being a pretty good player, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a superstar. He might just end up being a nice starter. There's not, there's not a whole lot of superstars, either, like, 
there every every given any given year there's maybe like five or six super like true superstars in the whole league well yeah i mean, I mean if we're gonna talk about true superstars you know you got lebron you got davis you have Giannis. yeah yeah Kawhi, Kawhi, Harden. yeah and then so not a whole lot so yeah sure not, not a whole lot but just i feel like you should be expecting more than just 12 and 5 out of a former number one overall pick and he still can't shoot and you know i'm just saying like i, I feel like more i've Giannis was drafted late lottery. That's or what was I'm he out of the lottery. I That's think he made just outside. 15th. Yeah. So Sharif and I always say the draft is more of a crapshoot, kind of like, like we, what you said, Cam. I mean, the draft, that, that's kind of what the NBA draft is. It doesn't matter where you're picking. It's definitely a crapshoot. I feel mm-hmm. like the only, like, draft picks, though, that should be, like, where you can get, like, an actual good player is the top three. And again, we're looking at Markel Fultz, and, and just like I'm, I'm not calling 12 and five a great start for a, a guy who is, you know, who's a number one overall pick. And on top of that, he's got so many issues off the floor. His camp is an issue. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a huge issue between ev- everything that went on off the floor here in Philadelphia. And I think I, I read something, something that went on in Orlando even last year, like when he first got traded to the Magic, the camp was causing issues. So. I mean, the way the way it's set up, like he's set up to succeed in Orlando because the Magic are just like not good. <laughs> but <laughs> he's set up to succeed. Hey, they're they're in the playoffs right now. Yeah, get ready to be swept by the Bucks. <laughs> like, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, get ready to be swept by the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm just saying. So like, like there's nothing good about the Magic outside of like maybe Nikola Vucevic. Aaron yeah, Aaron Gordon. Man, he can dunk and that's it. Jonathan Isaac. Handle the ball. I like Got Isaac. It. I like Isaac. Outside of Isaac and Vucevic, nothing. I'm not excited. Gordon about is a him. solid player. I'm not excited about Aaron Gordon. I get excited really? about I get excited about Aaron Gordon on a fast break. Oh my god. <laughs> not he's not just a dunker though. Like he can well, not now. Dude, doesn't he shoot like 32% from 3 and like that's that's good he for Aaron can Gordon? Hoop. Mm. he's good at going he can attack the rim yeah he's a he's a dunk I mean he can dunk he's he's has his athleticism is the main part of his game but he can get yeah he shoots he shoots 30.1 percent from deep like okay the game is not shooting he's been expanding his game I mean he was a dunker when he came Right. right he has been expanding his game this year his points are down his three-point percentage went from a 34 to 30. Look, Evan Fournier is one of the best – is probably the second-best player on that whole team. Field goal percentage for Gordon dropped from 44 to 43. Mm. And then his, well, his he assists has, he still actually regressed from last season to this season. Last season, he, he was pretty good. But. Like, I, I feel like Aaron Gordon's suffering from Andre Iguodala syndrome. Like, when Iguodala was in Philly and everybody was expecting That's him to be – That's honestly his best comparison. Yeah, I mean, like, everybody was expecting him to be the man, and then he went to Golden State and he thrived in that role. Like, that that's Aaron Gordon. Everybody's expecting him to be the man in Orlando. He's not. You put him on a team like um, Houston or, or or something, and he'll thrive next to Harden and Westbrook. Well, do you – I'm not sure if I feel – well, maybe most people do. I mean, I feel like that's uh, Nikola Vucevic's team. 
Because I mean, I feel like he's yeah. The I mean, he's the oh yeah, he's the all star. Yeah. Oh, uh, what, what you mean, y'all? It's not Markel Fultz's team. Not yet. No. Oh, my gosh, Kai. Kai, you you just don't you just over here just don't like Markel. Like, no, it's not that. I'm just saying, I'm I'm happy that he's actually becoming a starter. I'll give him that. But again, uh-huh. twelve and five, like that's what we're getting excited over. This was his first, his, his first his real story. season. Man, meanwhile, Zion Williamson's in New Orleans putting in work. I'm just saying. Zion is a different. Okay, when you when they drafted Zion number Zion was like almost as consensus number one as you can get. He is a he was a consensus number one pick. No one else was going number one. So was I mean to be fair, I mean g- going into the 2017 draft, same thing with Markel. It was. Uh, I mean, was, like. Throughout okay, the year, I'll, it was going up and down. It was, like, changing. I'll say it like this. I'll say it like this. Like, I feel like it was kind of – a lot of people were leaning towards Markel, like, like the majority. Me, yeah, like – the Like, the majority. But, like, people were still like, okay, maybe Tatum, maybe uh, – was that – was Lonzo Ball in yeah, that draft, Yeah, Lonzo too? was second. Yeah. yeah. So – Yeah, like, eh, it was – like you said, majority, but – Not consensus. All right. Yeah. Okay. Either way. So – he wasn't undisputed number one pick. Undisputed, same. <laughs> um, Mar- Markel Fultz. He's all twelve. That twelve and five game. Oh, oh. all right. Oh, so good. <laughs> he was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, but listen, yo, he he's he's been dealing with this for like for like seven years now. He like he just he he kind of lets it go. All right. So, uh, again though, Philly, Philly Philly's front office. I feel like. ESPN ranked him so low, and I kind of see what you were saying, Cam. But you know, like this team was supposed to, you know, be champion, be legitimate championship contenders this year. Are they still? Maybe. I, I mean, I, I would say so. Yeah. But even though you said Cam, I mean, you had them losing to Boston round one. So then, oh yeah. So then you're looking at, you're looking at Elton, and you're like, Elton, dude, you really thought Al Horford would work? Or Elton, you really thought Tobias Harris is worth 180 mil? Or Elton? To be honest, though, in hindsight, Al Horford you should have worked. Al in Horford. What world in 2020 should Al Horford work? Because he's a stretch big. He could. He was supposed to be that. Flo- he Al Horford had a down year. Look, it wasn't. Al Horford has had one of his worst years. You yeah. got you got to agree. Al Horford, it wasn't just the fit. Al Horford is on the downslide. He is, which again, that kind of turns to Elton, and you're like, hey, why are you giving him 109 mil if he's kind of, you know, he's on the downside of his career? But like, I also don't, I don't think people expected Al Horford to be like, because his game doesn't rely on athleticism or anything like that. It never has. So I don't think people really expected for his game to just like, I mean like just kind of just drop off like this actually when you think about it too now that i'm looking at it i think it's just more of maybe how everything looks because you think about it okay his stats are actually eerily similar yeah to how he played last year when everybody liked him right i think it's just different now it's because philly i guess people are more willing to talk about philly because i mean his points are down almost two points but uh, his blocks are hovering around one a game. Steals are around one a game. Assists, 
rebounds pretty much the same as last year. He's shooting worse. Yeah. Considerably. Yeah. In every metric. Um, but other than that, I mean, as far as those traditional counting stats, he's pretty much been as productive as he was in Boston. I just think maybe the price tag, maybe heightened the expectations, which is sometimes how these uh, situations occur. Well, there's that, but then also when you consider the fact that he's on a team with already a bunch of non-shooters and Ben Simmons who refuses to shoot the ball, and then you have Joel who will shoot, but you would much rather have him on the block. And then you have Tobias and Josh who are capable shooters, but you know they're not sharpshooters. And then you got Al. So that starting lineup of Simmons, Richardson, Harris, Horford, and Bede has like the worst offensive rating in the league just for the simple fact that there is no sharp shooter. And that's where people turn to Elton and you're like, why did you spend the money on Tobias and Al when you know you needed a shooter after losing J.J. Redick? But um, the thing I go back to is how good were they with J.J. Redick, really? Like, you know what I mean? They were, they were the – like, statistically? Like, really? Statistically, they were the best starting five in the league, statistically. Like, but by the they, numbers, they were the best starting five in the league. I always I, – I was never that confident in them. And, yeah, they pushed Toronto to seven games. But I never thought that I, – I, w- I was going to be surprised if they beat Toronto because Kawhi is, the, Kawhi is better than any of their players. Well, Kawhi yeah, Kawhi is a superstar. Yeah, we talked about that. Kawhi like is a superstar. The team with the, in the playoffs, you need that superstar more times than – like, if you do not have a bona fide superstar, you will not win. Joel Embiid is not a superstar. He's a fringe superstar. Ben Simmons is an all-star. Mm-hmm. So, but Wait, the, I'm, I'm sorry. I want to make sure I heard Cam. You said Joel Embiid's a fringe superstar. Yeah, he's like almost there, but he hasn't shown enough where it's like, okay, he's that dude. Oh, the way I see it is, even during a down year, he's still averaging like 24 and 13. To me, like if you're a superstar, you gotta like. You got to win stuff. You got to win. Not necessarily a championship, but, like, you got to at least probably get to the conference finals. And then if you get to the finals, then that really helps your case. The only real criticism I can say about Joel, and it's something that he really can't control, it's he's injury prone. I feel like, yeah. that's, probably, I feel like that's, like, really the one thing I can really criticize him of. I mean, because, I mean, even during the playoffs last year, um, that game, that game four – against Toronto when he only scored like 15 points and he revealed after the game that he was sick and and it's like why are you sick now and then when we found out what the sickness was it was that gastrointestinal you know it was something he ate and then everybody's like okay it was like okay what about your diet and then everybody you know that story came out about Landry Shamit and the cookies and cream milkshakes he buys for him from Chick-fil-a which I thought got overblown but you know whatever but the, po- the point is, though, everybody's going to look at that, and you're like – and back to Cam was saying, that's why you're a fringe superstar and not a real superstar. You should have stepped up, especially after he scored 33 points in game three and doing the airplane all down the floor and everything and putting the Sixers on his back and, and rubbing it in the Raptors' face. Then he responds by scoring 15, and Kawhi like, hits the dagger in his face at the end of the game. So I, I see what Cam is saying. So I can really – I can see why he's a fringe superstar. Yeah, but I'll, I'll take that. But when it comes to this roster, though, this roster was not – it was built to go 
win a to go win a championship, but it was built to go win a championship in like 2005, like like not not 2020. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like 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 I'm just saying, Cam. If we were sitting here 15 years ago talking about this roster, then I'm like, you know what? Damn, I'm picking Philadelphia to go all the way. And this year, I had them making the Eastern Conference Finals. I think I think that was like my my prediction this year. Um, but now I'm, I'm rethinking it, and I'm like, dude, it's 2020. Like like the, the, this 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 isn't gonna work. And yeah. but, and Sharif, I see what you're saying because Horford's numbers are the same from the from his last year in Boston. But the offensive rating that starting lineup with you know the regular one is so bad. It's like near the bottom of the league. They can't do anything offensively. Now they're great defensively. They only they, they give up 97 and a half points per 100 possessions, but offensively they're a wreck. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I think I'm I'm with Cam and that I think a lot of it was as far as Al Horford's fit with the Sixers is more in hindsight because I mean I think what everybody's been expecting Al Horford to do since he came in the league was play power forward, but you know in Atlanta he played center. Um, in Boston, he played center, so they figured if he was meant to play power forward, given his skill set, right. it should work with Joel Embiid in it, and B doesn't have to stay outside the three-point line. But I guess nobody was counting on Al Horford being as uncomfortable as he looks and shooting as bad as he is. So it's right. – I still think this roster is better than last year's because, yes, J.J. Redick is – one of the best shooters in the league and Philly doesn't have a guy like that right now. But I think what people miss is when Philly was in tight games with JJ Reddick, he was a liability defensively. And if that game is close within five minutes, JJ Reddick really doesn't help you because all he's going to do is give up two or three points every possession. Whereas Josh Richardson, even though he's not as good of a shooter is a capable shooter and he's a much better defender. So I think that's less of a liability, but I can put the ball on the floor too. Right. I mean, agreed. Agreed. Josh Richardson, I think, is a better player right now than J.J. Reddick just because of Richardson can do a bunch of different things that Reddick can't. But in terms of this roster and in terms of this fit, you needed, you needed J.J. You, like, the fact that they let J.J. go, because I remember that, I think that was the first, like, free agent acquisition that Woj announced, like, as soon as 6 o'clock hit on June 30th. Right. You know, Reddick signs with New Orleans, and I, I was floored. I was floored. I was like, you're going to let him go? Are you serious? Who's going to shoot the ball? And it was, just, it was painfully obvious to me. And I love this roster. I love everything about this roster up and down. But again, I love everything about this roster if this was 2005, like not 2020. It, does, it doesn't fit today's game. And then also it doesn't help that Ben Simmons still refuses to shoot the ball. Yeah, so, that's a big Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't help that Ben Simmons, as talented and as amazing as this kid is, I think he's a top 15 player, but he, he just he refuses to shoot the ball. And then you have Joel and Al, who Al can shoot, but he's more comfortable on the block. Joel can shoot, more comfortable on the block. And then you have Josh and Tobias, who are capable shooters. They can, they can hit open looks. They're not sharpshooters. Then, the, then at the trade deadline, you trade for Glenn Robinson III and Alec Burks, who are good players. But again, they're not sharpshooters. Neither of them are. Right. Glenn, Glenn had a hell of a year in Golden State because who else was there in Golden State? I don't know. That that's just kind of how I see this team. Um, I think they could. I think 
if the season does resume, I really hope it does. That I think they, I think, I think they'll beat Boston round in round one. I feel very confident in saying that. But if they were to if, if, if move on to round two and have to face like Toronto, no, there, there, there's no way. Nah, I can't see them being Boston. I'm sorry, man. I feel that. I just can't. I feel that, man. We have- I can see it. I just think Boston and me and Kai have talked about this. Um, Boston doesn't really have a big man of note to go against and beat. And they uh, should, yeah. even though Al Horford was, I guess, regarded as the Embiid stopper, they don't have anyone close to Al Horford as far as defense. And I mean, He'll obviously eat up Ennis Canner. And, I mean, Daniel Tice will foul out by the end of the first quarter if he's guarding beat. So, it's like – I think right there – and then on top of that – Their uh, offense is significantly Walker better. Walker will be able to guard Ben Simmons. I mean, unless he stays in the paint, I guess. All right. So, basically, we all kind of – we all have our different opinions on the uh, on the uh, Philadelphia 76ers right now and, and how they're going to end up. So – I kind of want to move on to. I was I was looking forward to this one, like like ever oh, since boy. like oh, our no. podcast a couple of days ago. <laughs> Andre Drummond. <laughs> oh boy. I'm also gonna say like this: the fact that like we're arguing about a middle of the road center like Andre Drummond is peak quarantine. His <laughs> peak quarantine. He's not middle of the road. Oh, he's absolutely middle, middle of, of the road. Middle of the road is Ennis Cancer. Thank you, thank you, Cam. I mean, middle of the road is Ennis Cancer. You can make the case for Ennis Canner. As what? Better than Drummond. <laughs> okay. Right. Now, oh, you sound, now you sound crazy. Yeah, for real. Okay, all right. Now, real, real quick, before we jump into this, um, like, before, <laughs> before we jump into this. Should be ashamed of yourself. No, no, no. I, I, I'm really not. Uh, not, not, not. Not even in the slightest. So, I'm going to go through every team and – I'm just gonna add. We're gonna bring up their center, and I'm gonna ask okay. you. I'm gonna ask you are they better than Drummond or not? Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So we'll start in Philly. We're also we'll start in Philly because uh, I'm just going down this list. Joel Embiid. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Ennis Cannard. No. 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 But a case could be made. No. <laughs> what? What case? <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Mitchell Robinson in New York. No. Nah. No. Only but, defense. Only defensively. He had the overall no. You could also make a case, though. All right, Brooklyn, J- Jared Allen. No. Uh, even. Yes. Okay. Uh, Toronto with Marcus All. No. No. Yep. <laughs> well, hi. <laughs> Marcus All five years ago. Sure. But we will get to it. We will get to it. Uh, hat. Oh, I'm, oh. I'm prepared. <laughs> Washington with Thomas Bryant. No. 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 Orlando with Nikola Vucevic. Yes. Andre Drummond isn't better. I don't think – no, I'll give Vucevic that. Okay, Charlotte with Cody Zeller. No. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. No. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> I would have ended this call. <laughs> <laughs> Miami with Bam Adebayo. Oh, no. Uh-uh, no, Bam's better. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so yes. All right, Atlanta with uh, Dwayne Dedman. No. no. Wait, are we not going with John Collins for that, or does he play power? I guess, I guess Collins plays power forward. Okay. All right, well, Milwaukee, then. With, Milwaukee with Brooke Lopez. No. Yep. Um, I'm going to say Brooke Lopez is better. Yeah, see? Yep. Chicago with Wendell Carter Jr. Nope. No. 
I think I lean more towards Wendell Carter Jr. I'm gonna be completely honest. Oh my God. Hi. What are I, you? I have a reason. Wendell I, Carter hasn't even played two years in the league yet. I have reasons. I have reasons. We'll what get, reasons? We'll, we'll get to it. Indiana with Miles Turner. Miles is better. Yeah, I'll say Miles. Uh, the team. The team. Is, I'll pass. Is, uh, uh, I'm gonna pass? Yes I'll or pass. no? The Pacers. <laughs> I'm. I'm more. I'm leaning more towards Andre Drummond. Though. I think he can do more. Pacers I, aren't that good. But aren't that better than the Pistons? Uh, if the Pistons were as currently constructed when they went to the playoffs. Okay. Like when. Yeah, like when the Pistons went to the playoffs, what a couple years back or whatever. And then last year, aren't, last, last year. Well, no, no, I'm saying, no, uh, not last year. Oh, the, the 2016 um, year. Yeah, yeah. All right, Detroit with Tom. Um, like, no, cool. nah, nah. <laughs> no, nope, nah. <laughs> not even close. Nah. All right, Memphis with um. Damn, who, what? Jaren, Jaren no, Jackson or no? Oh, yeah, Valanchunas. Yeah, I'll take Valanchunas. Or, what about what, Jaron Jackson? You play a four, right? Yeah, he plays a four. I would take Andre Drummond. I would take Andre yeah, I would take, I would take Andre Drummond over Jonas Valanchunas, yeah. All right, Dallas with Dwight Powell. No, I'll take Drummond. Nah, yeah, I'll take Drummond. I'm leaning towards Drummond, but you can make it – you could sell me on Dwight Powell. You could. You could. I could. I'm not going to lie, you could. Depending on the circumstance. All right, who's New Orleans' center? Uh, Jackson Hayes. Uh, oh, yeah, Derek Favors, yeah. Oh, I'll take Favors. Are you For kidding? Sure. For sure. Uh, even. Nah, I'm taking Drummond. <laughs> I'll go even. Oh, Atlanta. We're forgetting Clint Capella. I'll, go, Cape- I'll go Capella. Yeah, I'm taking Capella, too. Yeah, I'll probably take Capella. All right, Houston, PJ Tucker. <laughs> no, we're not. That's invalid. <laughs> that, is that what we're going to call Houston invalid? I'm with no. it. <laughs> yes. All right, San Antonio. Are we going to count Marcus Aldridge as center? Yeah, yeah, no. We're, yeah, um, I would take Aldridge. I, yeah, I would. Center? Yeah, I'd take Aldridge. Yeah. All right, me too. All right, Portland with Nurkic. Um, I'd take Drummond. Even Nurkic and Sive and close. It's not close. Minnesota with Carl Towns. Take that, Towns. Carl Towns, yeah. No, no question. Denver with Jokic. You know, you take Jokic. Yeah, Jokic, yeah. Utah with Gobert. You take Gobert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I take Rudy. OKC with Steven Adams. I'm taking Adams. I'm taking yeah. Adams. I'll take Adams. Yeah. All right. The Clippers. Are, are we counting Montrezl Harrell or Ibis Zubas here? Uh, we can count Harrell because I think Harrell yeah. plays more minutes at center than Zubac. So we can say Harrell versus Drummond, which I would take Harrell. Yeah, I'm taking Harrell. You can make an argument for either or. Well, if it's Zubac, it's not even close. I would, still, I would take Drummond, but Zubac yeah. doesn't really play starters minutes. Yeah, if, it, if we're going with Zubac, we're going with Dre, but no. Harrell, uh, yeah, I'll agree with uh, Yeah, Harrell's good. All right, Sacramento with Alex Len. Oh I no, Drummond. Oh wait, no, Marvin Bagley the third, right? Or he's more of a four. Oh okay. Oh no. yeah, because I think before they traded for Alex Lynn, I think Bagley was playing center. I think. I okay. still think he projects as a four, though. Yeah, right, we'll roll with him at the four. All right, so I'll take Drummond over Lynn. The Lakers with JaVale McGee. Drummond. I'll take Drummond. Um, 
I don't know. McGee is very valuable. I don't know. Drummond. All right, Phoenix with um, DeAndre Aiden. I'll take Aiden. Aiden. Drummond because we haven't seen enough of Aiden yet. That's fair. I'll give you that. Uh, Golden State. Damn, who who who's even it starting? Was call, it was Cauley Stein. Now it's uh, Marquise. I would say it's Marquise Chris. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not taking Chris or Cauley Soft over any over <laughs> Drummond. So. Well, Cauley Stein's on Dallas now, but um, – it would be Marquise Chris, but uh, Chris, I would take Chris to be honest. Chris is had a good year. Would you? Yeah, I'd take, take Drummond. All right, I'll, so I'll, Marquise Chris, he's been he's been balling, man. All right, so it's, that, it's that system. All right, so let's go down the list. We had a yes for Philly. That's a yes for Embiid. Um, Cam was on the fence with Jared Allen, but I'm gonna say that Cam thinks Allen's better than Drummond, so that's two. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I did not say that. I said even. Mm, I said even. Is, sounds like you're leaning more towards Jared Allen, my guy. I'm just saying. <laughs> they're they're almost the same player, but yeah, Allen is a better defender and better offensively. No. no yeah, I wouldn't say that. No. Not it. No. They're they're about the same. And uh, Drummond is a bit better of a post player. Are they? And, and passer. And no. uh, well, is I won't say creator, it? but he definitely can. Allen, yeah, Allen is the better rim runner. Allen's better in a pick and roll offensively. I mean, can Drummond only thing, post up? The only thing Allen like definitively has over Drummond is defense. Is it though? Okay, Kai. I'm just saying, <laughs> Kai. They they might as well be the same player. Whatever. <laughs> All right, so definitively, <laughs> in front of Drummond, we have Embiid, Vucevic, Adebayo, Capella, um, Lopez, Jokic, Towns, Gobert, Harrell, Nurkic, Aldridge, um, and then Turner. So that's like, yeah, top 15. That's what I said, right? Yeah, I said top 15, too, but that's still middle of the road, like 14, 15. That is not middle of the road. Yes, not, it is. Not, like, okay, but you have to look at, like, all of the centers, like, in the NBA. Like, he's not – I don't think he's middle of the road. Well, I mean, I think we'd be taking into account all starting centers. All – well, okay, but we – Well, so, hold on. The, the theoretically 12, 30. Hold on. The 12 we just had, though, the 12 I just listed was all three of us. Now, I think Marcus Gasol's better. And okay. I think and I think Jared Allen's better, so I have him at fifteen. That's just me. And then if we're going to consider Christian Wood a center, I might take Christian Wood too. He's not. A well, center. I'll put it like this: Kai would take anyone over Andre Drummond because he just wants to. Except for the maker. But this is what. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it like this. So. Let's also take into account we did move some players around because some of the players like Ben, I think, is listed as power forward. But right. I like power forward slash center. So that right. way – I would say – but that's all I've been arguing is Drummond – I would say Drummond is closer more to top 10 than he is to 15 just because you had to think about where he places among, among guys who their primary position is center. He's fifth in point – now this is – this varies between different sites based on qualifications, but oh, hold up, we're, we're forgetting Al Horford too, because I mean he's technically a center. I mean, I'll take Horford over Drummond too. No. Yeah. Oh boy. Not this year. Players. 
I mean, uh, like, if we're going to have Al Horford, take Horford playing the five instead of the four, then, yeah, I'm taking Horford over Drummond any day of the week. Yeah, I would take Horford. I think with Drummond, he is, you know, he still – he didn't play too many – before the season was suspended, he did not play too many games in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, they, Cleveland. Huh? Yeah, no, because <laughs> there's, there, what, there has not been a de- definitive role yet for him. The Cavs, they're still looking to figure out how the pick and roll is going to work with him. And they were, you know, in one of the last few games, they were the last few games. They were starting to get a little roll going on uh, with Drummond. Um, Drummond, I think, uh, has a good defensive presence. Not necessarily a, a shot blocker, but he uses his body well to eat up space down low uh, defensively. So, I think that Drummond. Yes, he's a throwback guy. He can't shoot. Doesn't shoot free throws very well, but has improved. He. He has he has improved. Look at his numbers, Kai. And then, I think that there's still a place for him in this league because yeah, if you can if you can throw the ball down to a guy who's a good passer, and then you spray out for a shot, then that that's a value. Yeah, I don't know. Not buying it. Not buying it. Like, listen, he does one really good thing well, and that's rebounding. Well, he has, he has a he legit score inside too. He is. Yeah, on offensive rebounds, on off offensive rebounds. And, like, his post-up game, if I had to give it a rating out of 10, it's like a 5. What? <laughs> I, I, I've, oh, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of moves. Kind of, that doesn't, need, that doesn't matter. All you need is, like, one or two. You don't need, like, 10 different moves. Do you, know, you know how many times I've watched Andre Drummond try to go one-on-one with somebody and, like, throw up some ridiculous shot and not have it not even get close to going to the rim? I mean, I've watched all Andre- you need is like two go-to moves and then like some like a couple counters. He doesn't have any. <laughs> I'll argue that he doesn't have any counters. Okay, but counters, sure, counters, sure, but go-to. He has at least he has at least two solid moves that where he can score. He's got two go-to moves that are very easy to stop. That's all I'm gonna say, and and then that, that's kind of like mm, I, I I don't want to I don't want to talk about mediocrity anymore. Okay. Well, okay, hold on. Let me give my <laughs> piece. Like, all right. <laughs> I'll give my piece, and then we can move on. So, we said all we said about Andre Drummond. So, I looked up some numbers. So, if we're taking guys that are listed primarily at center, Drummond is fifth. Now, these uh, numbers vary depending on what site you use, but fifth in points per game, seventh in blocks per game, first in steals per game, third in assists per game, uh, obviously first in rebounds per game. He is also first in turnovers, um, but he is 10th in field goal percentage, 20th in win shares, which is not great, but second in defensive win shares, ninth in PER, second in double doubles, and has the sixth best defensive rating personally. So you do with that what you want, but. <laughs> Yo, he's, he's, he's the definitely. He's do with that what you will. <laughs> Yo, he's the Devin Booker of centers. Good stats, bad team. Okay, but you can, how are you going to penalize him for being on a bad team, Kai? Like, I always don't understand. I never, I've never understood that. Look, look, you look at a good player, right? He's a good player no matter what team he's on. Debatable. Debatable. Devin Booker is an all – well, should be an all-star. Well, so all right. So Booker and Booker and Drummond made the all, have all star games in their career, right? 
No, Drummond has been on an all-star team. That's what I'm saying. Drummond's got no, two. He's saying they both made an all-star team at one point. No, Booker has not. Booker made the team this year. No, he no, he didn't. Yes, he did. I think he he was wait, like no, a, he was like a replacement or something. When was he, he a replace? Or was he? He was an yeah. injury replacement. Yeah, he, he made the all-star game. He didn't make it outright. He made it as a replacement. No, wait. When I must have like, hold on. Uh, yeah, Devin Booker made the all-star team this year. For who? I think oh, they, wait, for Dame, right? Yeah, for Dame. Yeah. So we're talking about both guys who are all stars. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My bad. Both guys are all stars. All right. But neither of them are guys who can lift the team. I don't think they can. How do, okay. How do you know Devin Booker can't look when you're playing in the, the Suns? Because my man scored terrible. 70 points and they still lost. Because the Suns are terrible. Thank you. I want to hear that. That team, look, Devin Booker didn't even play with the Suns in the 2K tournament. Okay. Like, <laughs> not even virtually. <laughs> not even. The all I'm Suns saying is. Are so, they're, they're bad. All I'm saying is LeBron James took the 2018 Cavs to the finals. John, uh, I'm just, well, okay, I'm gonna... Kai. So we got to address this. So Kai. we're Kai. not comparing Devin Booker to LeBron. That's not the only comparison. But no, 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 no. But listen. All I'm saying is Booker isn't Look. that guy to like throw a team on his back and like lift them. But the only thing is I disagree with it. Like I have a problem with the whole notion of like if a player's team doesn't win, then it's all him or something like that. Because and I mean this comes with Andre Drummond, guys like Devin Booker. They oh, are just I mean Drummond just sucks. I don't want to talk they're about just like like Carl Towns. Like for example, they're terrible team. That, he his stats he's just a stat guy but like his second his best player he never played with is Andrew Wiggins who a right. lot of people think whoa Jimmy Butler oh okay. well, he only played with Jimmy Butler for like what for like a, yeah a season yeah they made the playoffs that year but Carl Towns has been in Minnesota are... for four or five years yeah I'm gonna say it like this I'll 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 put I'll put it in another way then because we we do got to end this we got we've been we've been going for mad long so I'm gonna I'm gonna and end it off with this. Does Devin Booker need help? Absolutely. Absolutely he does. But if Devin Booker is so great, I mean, couldn't you at least get the Suns at least close to the playoffs? Like at least at least have them in the race. You gotta look at how how deep the West is, man. Instead instead of to a point though where you're winning, like they're constantly winning only like 20 to 25 games, though. Can you name like I mean, not. Can you name any other like okay player on the Suns? I mean, okay. okay, but before before him, before him though. Before him, wasn't he wasn't he on the team with Markeith and Marcus? I mean, they're not. Come on, guy. Guy. I mean, Markeith and Marcus Ty. are okay players. If we're gonna talk about starters, oh, you know what? They're Markel Fultz. That, that's what they are. They're Markel Fultz's. They're they're more Markel Fultz's guys. They're just Ty. okay average players. Like, you can't have – look, Devin Booker is a 1A kind of guy. He's going to end up being like a Kyrie kind of guy where he's like 1A. Mm. You put him with someone else. You put him with someone like a cat and let and he'll, he'll go to work, okay? Will he, though? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Ty, if you put Book with Cat, <laughs> that is a playoff team. Provided you have the right pieces around them, I mean, like I feel, I feel like I put more of that on Towns than I would Booker. 
Okay, yeah, because Cat is a better player. He yeah. would be the number one player. Yeah. But okay. I agree on that. Okay, so this is what I'm getting because it feels like circular logic. So <laughs> you don't get considered a good player until you win, but you need good players to win. So right. like for example, like if LeBron doesn't have Kyrie and Kevin Love or doesn't have Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosch, is he winning championships? No. No, like, it, no. We don't say, we don't say LeBron. Hey, I mean, some people did, but like we recognize LeBron for what he was doing, not just with his team. He took the 07 and 2018 Cavs to the finals. But they, okay, they lost. Exactly. They lost. Exactly. Both were sweeps. Here's what, here's what I'm saying. He took garbage to the finals. Garbage. That wasn't, okay, 07 was not garbage, garbage. 07 wasn't garbage. He had Daniel Not, not really. Not really. Those that okay, that team, the way LeBron 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 is a special case. LeBron is one of the like probably the best player ever in terms of making his teammates better. LeBron, you you can't really compare anyone else to LeBron in that respect. That's why he is a top five great. Yeah, Daniel Gibson starting a point guard, fam. That team was garbage. <laughs> but not with LeBron. Okay, like I said, special case. LeBron had that team rolling. Actually, let's. This will be a perfect example. Yeah, I know we have to go. Draymond Green is probably somebody we should talk about as He's far as like in that mode. Like, think about it. Everybody had him on a Hall of Fame arc when he was playing with Steph, Clay, and KD. Then he had this season to be by himself, and what did he do? Nothing. Complimentary Those are the players starter. I look at as far as their – well, I mean, Draymond wasn't really a stat guy, but they're guys that are very dependent on other people around them, and they're obviously not as good, clearly. I feel like that's not the case with Carl Towns. They're still doing what they have. Right. Carl Towns going to put up numbers no matter – he's going to put up numbers. Devin Booker is going to put up numbers regardless. Of course. Can't lift team, though. Can't let the scene. All right, listen, for real though, we do we do we do have to end this. We are going over <laughs> time right now. Like, like, like we're definitely what we got. Yeah, we gotta go over we got we gotta stop it right here. So Sharif, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, man. Hey, Cam, thanks for coming, Reef. Cam, Andre Drummond still sucks. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to end it on that note. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening to the bell ringer. We will see you guys next time. Thank you.